Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. It's eight o'clock. All right, how many of you, listen. So if you, if you thought you were coming to a dry cleaning service, then I'm sorry, you're in the wrong place. All right, no, 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 I'm serious about that now. I'm so serious. I could not be more serious. Because here's the deal. We want an awakening and an outpouring of the Spirit, but we're, we want it on our terms. Like God move, but we'll give you an hour in a church service. God move, we'll give you an hour and a half in a church service. I'm sorry, that's not the way it works. And we've made a decision as a church here that we are not doing God on our terms. God doesn't work on our terms. We work on, we get onto His terms. We didn't, He didn't sign up on our policies. We signed up on His policies. Are you with me? And so that's what we're doing here. I, I'm not trying to make a service to go longer for the sake of making something go longer. That's not the point. But we've actually got to be able to saturate in the presence of God. Amen. You'll go watch the Lord of the Rings part one, two and three and have no problem with that. But God forbid you sit in a church just for one episode of Lord of the Rings, like just for a three hour service. You, won't, you don't have problem throwing hours on end to the things that you value. How much more valuable are the things of the Spirit, especially in this day and hour? I'm not, and here's the thing, please, uh, you know, I'm passionate in my, in my, uh, I'm very passionate in my communication when I'm talking about these things. I'll tell you what, I'm not angry. I'm just here to be like a cold shower for you. It's like a cold shower ministry for you here tonight. Just take a cold shower. Some of us need to sober up. Some of us need to understand how this whole kingdom stuff works. Amen. I want, to, I want to talk to you tonight about new wineskins. Somebody say new wineskins. Wine um, I'm going to get into some Scripture, of course, here tonight, but I want to, I want to start out because, you know, here's the thing. We, we are a church of His presence, but I want to establish the longevity. We are a church of His presence that allows and makes room for the glory of God to move in the most supernatural way. We will never apologise for that. And I think that's been made abundantly clear for those of you that are connected in this house and connected to this ministry. That we don't compromise on on the power of God. But that's not what keeps us. That's not well, what, what keeps us from being derailed. Amen. The most important thing that keeps our, us on track, on the train track, is the foundation of the Word of God that is planted, the seed of God's Word that is planted in the hearts of God's people. And by the way, the fruit of why we are so after His presence is because of the revelation of the Word of God that He's given to us. The presence of God is a byproduct of the Word that we preach and the Word that we teach. It is the, it is the byproduct, it is the fruit of what is meant, it is the heart behind why we do what we do. And if we will take one away from the other, it is a recipe for disaster. 
Because if you just lean on the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, you'll end up looking like a quack. Just no root, just all over the place. You're here one week, you're there the next week. I mean, it's just like you, you become crazy. Why? Because you have no root. That's the Word of God. You hear the Word of God. You can quote Scripture, but you never allow the Word of God to begin to be formed in the inside of you. So you hear the Word, but it never can produce on the inside of you. Oh, it's getting real quiet in this Baptist church here tonight. So I want to talk about wineskins. And before we do that, I just want to say this. And I, 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 I had a meeting and, and uh, some of you have heard about the fact that, you know, the Lord has called us. And, and so how we unravel this and how this all happens. And so I'm saying this under caution, but I am saying it because I want to release it into the atmosphere. And I'm not going to give away too much information because I'm not casting my pearl before swine. Some people will pretend to be happy for you and then behind you will go and say whatever they want to say and yabba, 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 yabba with their fat traps and they don't realise that they are being used and it's a spirit of witchcraft. Come on. We don't have anything to do with that spirit around here. Some of you, anyway, I'm not going to get into this, a whole other topic. But anyway, so we sat, I had a wonderful conversation with somebody for a television network today and we're negotiating and we're going to be getting some documents soon and we're going to be put onto television here for the local area. We didn't run after it, it came to us. And I'm sitting there with this young lady today having this discussion and, and uh, she begins to erupt and she says, man, we've just done the series. She just said, well, my, 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 my sister and I have just been reading The Believer's Authority and I'm like, glory to God. Yes. And she's like now wanting to come visit us. Amen. Come on. Amen. So we're excited. What God orders, He pays for. Come on, where He leads, He feeds, where He guides, He provides. Come on, we didn't come here like you heard in that video, trying to do things in the strength of man. I'm telling you right now, there are too many ministries right now that are trying to build in the arm of the flesh without depending on the Holy Spirit to do the building. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So either He builds it or we're building it and we don't wanna be a part of building it. We only are to be vessels and allow Him to build His church. which I'm getting, I'm segueing into what I need to get into. I'm just warming up right now. Somebody say new wineskins. Wine I'm gonna say some radical things here tonight. I'm gonna say some things just to start out to say, I have been in a lot of places, in a lot of circles that most of us in this room have sat under 
and I have had belief systems that were set up in my head like a stronghold. I believed them more than I believed it when people were trying to show me the truth in the Scripture. I would believe what I believed with my head more than I would submit to the Word of God. And that takes being humble, being humble to say, listen, I don't know everything. You've got to be teachable. We've always got to be teachable. We've always got to have a heart open to receive what God is wanting to speak to us. And part of the other thing is, and I have to tell you about being this new wineskin, because we, I, I had an encounter in just after 2010 as a preacher of the Gospel coming from every single circle that you and I have sat in in this place. Yes, you. It's no wonder I received a prophetic word from Apostle Jane Hammond, who actually said, the Lord said, I've called you to be a master's key, the master's key, but a master key, a key that will unlock many doors. And and it's so amazing that the Lord has caused us when we had our traveling ministry to go into places and and other circles that we were associated with said, how did you get into this place? And how did you, and God's, well, God said, He's made us a master's key. So we're able to get in with the wisdom of God and come in and appeal to God's people with, with revelation and understanding on how to do it. God opened up those doors for us. But I'll never forget it in, in, in that early period between 2010 and 2012 when I had that encounter with God. And I'm telling you right now, what I will say is it was an encounter with the Gospel. I was a preacher. I was preaching behind pulpits where thousands of people are in attendance that I still get to preach behind. I just haven't done it since COVID. God gave me great influence. I'm not arrogant for saying that because I'll tell you, I'll be the first person to say it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. And God, that gift that He's given me, I am prepared to give it all to Him. It's all, uh, my life is on the altar. Uh, I was bought with a price. I exist for His purposes, not so that man can be glorified, but the Name of Jesus be lifted up high above everything. You see, because that's the revelation that's living on the inside of me. It's not look at me and how spiritual I am. It's not looking at me and teaching you how many days of a year I fast or how many times I pray per week, seven, eight hours in a prayer closet and and how wonderful I am and look at how much I groan in the Spirit and how many visions I can see. I don't talk about any of that kind of stuff and I'm not knocking any of it. But if your ministry is more about those things, you're putting more emphasis on yourself than on the One who does it all and His Name is Jesus. Get the focus off of yourself and put it onto the King of Kings, please. The gospel is a conf- it will confront you. And for the record, while I'm here, I might as well just throw this out because I'm behaving so great right now. I'm gonna just go ahead and say that you can fast till you run around and you can get you can you can fast so much you can you can dance around the shower to get wet. Come on. 
and you can pray and travail all you want, you are not gonna get more anointed for it. You are, let me just go ahead and break this to you right now. You are as anointed as you have ever been right now as you are and religion has got you duped, running on the treadmill of performance, trying to get something that He's already given to you. You know, it's a good picture that I wanna paint. We have a wireless ability to turn this AC unit on from home. I was sitting in the bedroom with my wife about five days ago and she said, hey, did you turn on the AC units? I said, yes, it's already done. I said, why are you trying to do something that's already done? And that's half the religious world. They're all trying to do something that Jesus has already done. It's futile. It's called a dead work. Christianity in reverse. The cart is before the horse. And that's what I'm talking about. You're becoming that new wineskin. I encountered the gospel that stripped me of me. I encountered the gospel that gives me the language that I'm speaking to you tonight. What I'm able to speak was from the encounter that I had, an encounter so strong with who He was and the reality of the gospel in my life that for eight, six to eight months, I stopped preaching anywhere because the fear of the Lord came upon me. But how could you do that? You were preaching to all these multitudes. You were preaching to this one. You were preaching to the thousands of people. How, why? Why would you do that? Because the fear of the Lord that came upon me was in that I had to renew my mind and just like a brand new operating system in a laptop computer, I had to relearn my language because the fear of the Lord was so strong on me that I did not want to get up behind the pulpit and preach a message that would put people into more religious bondage. Well, what do you mean? Are some people putting people in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Putting shackles all over people. But just a small little bit of truth that I've been telling you right now. They put you on the treadmill of performance. They get you thinking that you've got to earn and deserve the anointing of God, that you've got to work for the glory of God. You don't have to earn and deserve the glory of God. It's already on the inside of you. I don't pray to be more anointed. I pray because I understand I'm already anointed. I don't spend time with God because I have to. I'm not manipulating God to get anything from Him. I don't manipulate Him. I'm free from manipulation in any way, shape or form with the God that I serve. Why? Because I understand He's freely, richly given me all things. Therefore, I respond and I want to do everything that He wants me to do. It's a whole different animal when you serve God from the position that you really understand it was for freedom that you've been set free. And free means free. Don't say amen because some of you go back to dog's vomit every week, listening to stuff that is tainted, that's got leaven in the lump and you sit under it. Oh, it got real quiet right now. 
What do you think? Jesus was just a namby-pamby. He, he, was, he, was, he was bold in the Spirit. Wow, and people, just like the Apostle Paul, which, which I just made a point without even beginning to get into this. Paul, in, in, in the book of Romans 2, verse 16, and many other verses, he says here, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Paul on numerous occasions says, my gospel. The problem in the, and and guys, 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 just listen to what I'm saying here. The the, the issue is, is it's just like this. And y'all have heard me say this, especially if you are, are, are plugged into the house. When Peter, when Jesus asked Peter, he said, uh, uh, excuse me, he says, um, who do you, who do men say that I am? And some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say, some say, some say. Then he said, but who do you say that I am? You have relationship with me. And out of the overflow of that relationship, who do you say that I am? And Peter got up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Sadly, we have many people that preach about who men say that He is, but yet they've never had that encounter themselves. Come on now. What did you think you were going to come to here tonight? God chose that through the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel. He chose this method through the preaching of the gospel to set people free. And how will we ever be the new wineskin that God's called us to be if we will never, ever be able to submit, surrender and humble ourselves to the reality that something's wrong. If we keep on doing what we've always done and expect a different result, something's got to shift. And it's my job as as a sent one from heaven to come and stir you up to the reality of who you are in Christ, what He purchased you for, your brand new identity, who you are in Him, so that you can start becoming a son of the Most High God, manifesting the kingdom and the glory of God. This is not a church where we come and listen to a preacher every week. No, the preacher must do his job and and preach till the fire of God falls on you and you can't help yourself because the fire gets on you and you just want to go out and tell it to the rooftops. You want to go preach the gospel wherever you are. That's the job of the preacher. The job of the preacher is not to make you feel good and try and increase his membership. This is not an institution. This is a kingdom. This is not a business. This is a family. Thank you, Brother E.C. Come on. I know you look 
like you're in more thought than what you do right now. Praise God, fortunately, the lights are on and you're all home. Paul said, my gospel. So who's going to get up and stand and start saying my gospel? What does it even mean to say my gospel? Do you think it's an arrogance that was Paul arrogant? Can we stand with boldness and say my gospel? Because your gospel better better do one thing only and that must have Jesus at the centre of it because if it's not anything other than Jesus, you're preaching another gospel. You know what Paul said about that? Let him be accursed if an angel or anybody or even an angel come to you and preach another gospel than the gospel that I preach. Let him be accursed. Twice he said it. So if you're peddling religion and you're peddling living, you know, I say this, no, no, I I had an encounter that took me out. It was so real to me. I I have a hard time sometimes just seeing people because it's not, this is not a, this is not theology of getting a fat head. This is a Holy Spirit come, breathe the revelation. So give me the eyes to see, put eye salve on my eyes. Let me see. I haven't gotten into my notes yet. Come on. I'm not trying to rattle your cage here tonight. I know what I, I, can, I can say and I know, I don't care what, what your opinion is. I mean that with a very humble heart tonight. I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I'm not really worried about your opinion, but I can say, I, I can say my gospel. Amen. Yeah. And I can say that by the authority of the name of Jesus, not by my own authority, but by His authority. Amen. Because I'm confident in the gospel that I preach. You know why I'm confident in it? Because it completely leans on Jesus. It completely, if you even, if you even remotely, if you even have a little bit of hesitation and you cannot even say 100% yes to that, you are preaching something else. Let me tell you that right now. I'll tell you that. If you even remotely think that you're preaching something else, or if you remotely question your confidence in what you're preaching, you're preaching, you've got a little bit of leaven in what you're preaching. Come on. So what does that look like? Number one, we've got to understand the purpose of Jesus. What was the purpose of Jesus? Of course, the purpose of Jesus, number one, in becoming that new wineskin that I'm talking about. We'll get into the wineskin story. The purpose of Jesus was to undo the works of the first Adam so that we could be restored to the Father. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Come on, not, not, that God was not imputing the world's trespasses against them. He said, and you have also received the ministry of reconciliation to do the same thing that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to 
to himself. We've received the same ministry. Are you with me? So his purpose was to undo what the first Adam did, to restore us to the Father. And secondly, restore us to a brand new covenant from a covenant that no longer, nor was ever going to be a covenant that was ever going to be valid for us or anybody for that matter. God, God covenanted with Israel. Come on. He covenanted with Israel and that was an, a covenant cut between him and Israel. Come on. What was the weakness of that covenant? I'm asking you, what was the weakness of that covenant? Who was the weakness of that covenant? The children of Israel were. Why? Because it wasn't that it was that they could never live up to the fullness of what the law demanded of them. Are you with me? They could never fulfill what the law was demanding of them. In fact, let me go ahead and say this. I usually like to say this. The law was never given to produce righteousness in anybody. The law was never given to produce righteousness. Impossible. It could never do that. The law was only given for one reason, to make them understand that they could never mount up or become perfectly righteous. That's why they needed to sacrifice animals in the first place, because they would never be able to be or be uh, walk in perfection according to the standard of God. They would never ever be able to do it. And the purpose of the law was to point us to a Messiah. The purpose of the law was to tell the children of Israel you need a Saviour. That's it. That's it. I didn't say it, Galatians says. The tutor, now that the tutor has brought you, now, now, you, you know, the tutor served to bring you to Christ, but now that Christ has come, but changes the other sentence. All right, I'm, I'm getting there. Sometimes you just got to wait, you know, the 120 don't waited for 50 days. They started out with 500 eyewitnesses and they only ended up with 120. Maybe we just need to clear out the room a little bit. I'm not, as you can tell, I'm not here uh, giving you a well put together sermon, five points to, you know, five points, you know, to hers, two hymns. Uh, come on, we'll receive an offering. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I hope you feel great tonight. We're not doing that. We're speaking out of the overflow of the one that we have relationship and the one who we have relationship with. And just like I said, I think it was probably in the last two Sundays, I said, you know, what the Bible, this Bible that you read, it wasn't from them putting the, the early church, the apostles were not putting together well-versed 
sermons uh, so that they could preach to the audiences. They came and they spoke a message from the heart, which is now the Bible. The living Word that you and I get to read came from the overflow from men who, were, who had been, were formed in Him. It was an overflow. And we've lost that. We've lost that part is now we've got to, if we are in tune and we begin to know the nature and character of God and He begins to be formed in us and all of this truth that we see that they possess, it's not supposed to be verses that we get into our heads. It's a description of who He is so that we can know who He is to us so that we can operate in that same realm. And when you don't see it, you find yourself associating with things that are not even meant for you, not even valid to you. You, are, you operate, you, you are religiously living in the shadows like there's power in it. Let me go ahead and tell you, there is zero power in the shadows. Amen. The shadows exist to point you to Jesus. Come on. What do you mean the shadows? I'm talking about types and shadows. The old covenant was a shadow. The new covenant is the substance. Jesus is His name. Jesus is the fulfilment. He is the substance. He is the the reality of the shadow. The shadow described Him. It was vague, but compared to the shadow, He is not even to be compared. He is incomparable. He's so much more powerful. But the church is living in the shadow, gushing out religious garbage to the church. Under the, under the guise of spirituality. And let me just go ahead and say this. It's, it's, it's the veil. You still have a veil over your eyes. You cannot see. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you. The answer to America is not the month of movies at church. Dinner and movies, movies for a whole month. What are we doing? It's, it's, it's entertainment. And I'm not knocking, listen, I'm not being the judge, but there's zero power. What are we doing? We've lost our way. I mean, you might go to the door and be greeted by Chewbacca, Darth Vader, a few of the Sith Lords. Some Jedi at the church, no, and then you know the Millennium Falcon is being put up inside there, and like, what's it got to do with the glory of God? I'm sorry, I mean, we're not. A, this is not entertainment. We're attracting. Come on, what are we doing? 
Like, let me tell you, let me ask you, going to church with the Millennium Falcon and meeting Chewbacca on a Sunday, uh, let me ask you, how is that going to change your life? And what is that gonna do to get you free? And what is that gonna do to get you set free from whatever you're dealing with? It's not. Now, if Chewbacca's anointed and he lays hands on you and casts a few things out of you, that's another, you know, then he will be an anointed Wookiee. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do that, then be anointed. Be an anointed Jedi. Lift your hands, receive the power of God right now. Use the, it's the force of the Holy Spirit. Receive it right now. Come on. That's why we've got to be a new wineskin. I hate to break it to you. We've already, we've just, we've just like barely sort of come out of whatever the globe has witnessed on a global scale from whatever the whole world went through. We're just on the tail end of it. And let me tell you right now, they're already trying to shut it down again. And I'm telling you right now, movies at the church with popcorn is not going to be the way forward. I'm just going to tell you right now, because when, when things start, when, when, the, when the heat gets turned up in the kitchen, let me tell you right now, you can announce movies at church all you want to, but people are not going to be running for movies and popcorn in a time of crisis. We need to have the power of God. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we feel like the like the it's too simple. You know, the gospel. The gospel's not difficult. It's actually very, very simple. We we just stray away because we like the the glitter and and the uh, and 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 all that shines and all of the all that glitters. We we like to follow after that because it just sounds so spiritual. Because I went to the seventh realm of the third heaven on the third rung of the fourth ladder. And behold, I was in the 19th realm and God spoke to me and He was not any God. God, Michael and every angel possible came to, no, you're not important enough. Now try and go and tell that to an unbeliever and look at them straight in the face. They will look at you and say, you need a psychologist. I'm not being mean, but we come up with all of this stuff because we're missing the point because we can't stick to, it just, surely it can't be this simple. Oh, it is, it's so simple. 
We overcomplicate the gospel. The gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus is that He wants all men to be reconciled. He wants to heal. He wants to set free. He wants to deliver. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to save. He wants to set free. He wants to heal. He wants to save. He wants to deliver. He wants to set free. That's it. What do we need to do next week? We need to go and administer healing, salvation, healing, deliverance, salvation. That's the gospel until He comes. That's the gospel. Well, it's simple. We get into all of this extracurricular stuff that most of it is not even scriptural. It's got nothing to do with the new covenant. Nothing, zero. You know, this is, by the way, this is not the way you should be preaching to build, to see Jesus build a church. All right, let me take that back. In the natural, if you want to build a church yourself, this is not the way you preach to try and get the build, to try and build church. Come on, this is not the way to try and increase your membership. That's why we are very clear in our message here. We are not looking for an audience of people to pamper. We are looking for an army of people that will are radically set apart for the King that are gonna do something about changing this region by the power of God. So those who end up staying here know what they're signing up for. We're very clear. We're not hiding behind the quilts and the curtains and suddenly, this is who we are. Got you. Come on, y'all know that. But we do this this way. That's fine because we're filtering. We're trying to get rid of the ones that, that come in with an agenda, that have something, they have something that they want to do and, and you're not going to get away with it. You know why? Because when we came here, we would have rather gone to Hawaii if we had a choice, but Jesus sent us here and we love Him for doing that. We love the culture here. Thank God for y'all Cajun and, and Creole and everybody. I mean, we fell in love with this place. Are you with me? But if I had my way, I would have gone in the beautiful waves of Hawaii surfing, having a church next to the beach. It would be wonderful. Jesus never did that. I had to die to myself, leave Florida to come to, not that we're complaining. There's zero complaint. We're happy to be here. Thank God He sent us here. I'm just saying that if it was our choice, we would have gone down there. But, but, but now that I'm, that I'm here, I would stay. But the point of the matter is, is that we died to ourselves to be here. We don't have an agenda. We've died to ourselves for His purpose. So when you walk through the door with an agenda, you ain't getting one. We don't have the luxury of having one and neither will you ever. No, that's why there's so much mess in the church. That's why there's more division in the church of America because everybody's doing their own thing. Because nobody's wanting to die and come to the table so that God's purpose can be made manifest for a region. 
Well, that's easy for you to say, you're leading this whole thing. So that's very, very fine and dandy that you can say that. No. The Lord chose and anointed me and my wife to come here. We are privileged and honoured to, to be anointed of the Lord. And, and, and it's not like it suits us so we can say that very, no, no, no. We're honoured to be able to come in and live and, and, and manifest the mandate that He's put inside of us. He sent us here with a people in mind so that we can do something together for Him. And my job is to make sure that we don't deviate from what the Master says. That's what I'm anointed for. I'm not here to try and mimic and copy what everybody else is doing. In fact, let me tell you this, find out what everybody is doing and do the opposite. It's probably God. The kingdom works differently. The way up is the way down. As to walk in in humility. Amen? These are Holy Ghost services. Some of you are going, well, I didn't see anybody doing cartwheels and flopping around like a fish on the floor and getting under the... Pr- it doesn't matter because, listen, what you've got to understand, how do you, what, what is it? Was it a good meeting tonight? You know, what does a good meeting even look like? Was it that 10 people flopped all over the place? 100 people flopped all over the place? Is that a good meeting? And, and we're all for the power of God touching people, which we lay hands and we see the demonstration of the power of God. I'm not diminishing that. We value that. We're saying that we want it and we do. How do you measure a meeting? Is when six months later, seven months later, a year later, somebody in that meeting was sitting under the Word of God and something was breaking off of them that completely transformed the direction of their lives and they come, the Word of the Lord by the Spirit of God come, came and did a work on the inside of you. How do you even measure that? You measure because, because you might be sitting in here and God might be depositing some supernatural things on the inside of you. God is uh, uh, changing. He's washing. Come on, you are receiving a brain washed tonight. You are, you are being brainwashed by the Word of God and by the truth of the Gospel. Yes. Amen. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be free. It's wonderful to be free. Please don't stay silent for this long. It's going to be very awkward. I don't know what to do. That's it. Like, for real. Like... Just silence and then we become, we don't know what to do with silence. 
because we've been so entertained. We've been so entertained. Come on. When, 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 when the gospel grabs a hold of your heart, everything about you changes. Your language changes. You begin to identify with what you no longer need to identify with anymore. You begin to, the shadows become more, I mean, you begin to see those shadows so clearly. And I have no problem with, with uh, looking at the types and shadows as long as they are put in place to glorify Jesus. Yes. There's no power in it. The revelation of who Jesus has become is what sets us free in the equation of all of that. And because of what Jesus did for us, we are all, somebody say all. all. Somebody say all. all. Engrafted, engrafted into the vine. Into the vine. Say I am. I am engrafted into the vine. Say I am a child of God with as much privilege as anybody else. Say I am a son of God. I am a daughter of the Most High God. And all things were richly provided to me as they were to my brother and sister. So we don't have some dual covenant. It's not a, it's not a dual covenant. One covenant for Israel and one covenant for the church. It's, it's, that's, not, that's not right. We are all one man. We are all one man. I'm not anti-Semitic. Not anti-Semitic. Absolutely not. God chose to send His Son and He was born in Israel. He's an Israelite. Are you with me? I get all of that. There's no diminishing any of that stuff. But an Israelite does not have any more favour with God than you who are now in Christ. They have, and let me just say that they need salvation just as much as a Gentile needs salvation. There's not some other salvation plan for Jews and another salvation plan for the Gentiles. Both Jews and Gentiles alike must go to the cross, must say yes to Jesus in order to inherit the salvation that He richly gave. Come on. You have... have as much favour as anybody else. White, black, yellow, pink, blue. 
bright orange. <laughs> That's me every time I put self-tanner on a little bit too much of it. Come on, but we're all part of the covenant. It's not another covenant. One, it's only one covenant. The one covenant served His purpose. Jesus came and set us free from all of that. Come on, you say, thank you for Jesus. By the way, I'm looking here just to see if I'm not missing anything here to see if I should go to it or not. Let me go ahead and do this really quickly. John chapter 2, verse 1. I want to read it here for you quickly as I, as I sort of start my process of landing the plane. Somebody said, oh good, finally. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's it. Jesus saves the best for last. Somebody say that Jesus, Jesus. saves the best for last. There's a type and shadow right here. The miracle at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there and both Jesus and His disciples were invited to the wedding when the wine ran out and the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. The Passion Translation says, my hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. Jesus is saying, um, you know, it's not the time for me to come out of my closet just yet. And I'm here to tell you prophetically, even as God is raising up an army of 300, which by the way, Saturday morning, I'm gonna be focusing, zeroing in right on, I'm gonna be talking about Gideon and the army of 300 on Saturday morning. That's what I'm dealing with. Tonight, I'm just laying down a foundation of who we are and why we do what we do. My hour has not yet come. And prophetically speaking, I'm just going to go ahead and say, so obviously the fact that he said my hour has not yet come, there was an hour for him to come. Are you with me? If, if there was an hour where he wasn't supposed to be there, uh, uh, manifest the power, there was an hour that he would manifest the power. In other words, and by this point, Jesus has already got uh, uh, disciples surrounding him and yet they've never seen one miracle, nothing supernatural. Not one manifestation of zero. Why? How do I know that? Because that was his first miracle. So Jesus did nothing supernatural with his, they saw, they saw the wisdom that he carried. They saw the authority that he walked in. That's why we we are never to be caught up in manifestations and giftings. They are not the measurement that God looks for. 
And when the Bible says you shall know them by their fruit, it's not talking about the gifts that you get to manifest. Zero to do with any of that. Jesus was being Jesus without producing a single manifestation or miracle. He had followers, He had everybody around Him and yet His hour had not yet come. In other words, He was never under the pressure to perform. And He wasn't gonna perform, why? Because He never did anything that He didn't see His Father first do. He never operated anywhere outside of what the Father. And guess how many people in the church will we do what we want whenever we want to. We have so, our flesh is riding the show and we don't even know it and we think we're spiritual. And, 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 and we just never, you know, there's things that we've never done in this church and, and, and we have been so, um, uh, you know, somebody will come and say like Jesus, like Peter said to Jesus, hey, far be it from you, Lord. And he turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. And we've had so many, people say, do this and do that and do this and do that and do this. My hour has not yet come. Get away. We're not, we're not mindful of the things. We're not thinking with the carnal mile. We've got to walk in the Spirit. And now this is the season. So our hour is upon us. Oh, this is what I'm telling you. Everything up until now is now we're walking in the hour where we're going to see those things beginning to be made manifest. Now in the army of 300, that's now, we're, we're in the season. Our hour has come upon us. And then, he's, and, then, and then Mary says, listen, just do whatever He says. Just do only what He says. Come on, that's a lesson right there. Sometimes we just want to do a little bit more, you know? Mary's instruction, just do whatever, just do only, whatever He tells you to do, do that. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Saul. God asked him to do some things and he did a little bit extra because he wanted to help God, you know, because God needs help. And the kingdom was taken away from him. And David was anointed to be king. All right. My hour has not yet come. So Jesus is speaking here in the Scripture. Just follow with me here. Whatever He says to you, do it. Very clear. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification containing 20 or 30 gallons. My hour has not yet come. Six clay pots. Why? Six is the number of man. Six is the strength of man. It wasn't seven, it was six. There needed to be one more, which was perfection and completion. He, his time had not yet come yet for the seventh vessel to be there. Are you with me? His time had not, that's why there were six, because his time had, in other words, he was still, come on. Gee, the Bible says in the book of Galatians, he came under the law. And it was 
a dispensation of men in that the covenant was cut. Not even the Gentiles weren't grafted in. It was just for the Jews alone. And the pots carried water. So they were blessed according to their own obedience in the strength of man because the law was do good, get good. If I, he will. Are you with me? Okay, let's just carry on here for a second. So he filled them to the brim and he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which he had, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants had drawn the water new. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the good people have drunk freely, he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of his son. Somebody say beginning of His signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. Come on. He turned water into wine. Usually... The good wine was served first and then they'd wait for everybody to be a little bit drunk so that they wouldn't know the difference. And they said, no, you've saved the best to last. That's a picture of what Jesus is doing. Yeah. My time isn't yet come. We're still serving, we're still serving the wine of the law right now. But the time is coming where the wine of fulfilment, the new wine of the Holy Spirit is gonna be served up. That is when the fullness of my time is so that we can bring y'all back to where I'm now beginning to operate. So you can't be an old wineskin and put new wine into it because it will tear the wineskin up. It has no more capacity to be stretched any longer. You've got to put new wine into a new wine skin. New wine for a new breed. Why does the new wine burst the old? Because the old cannot contain the new. It bursts it because it is far more powerful than the old. What Jesus, is, what Jesus did is far greater than the old. And let me just go ahead and say this, just to kind of, to, to tell you this about the new wineskin and, and the, the miracle of Jesus. Jesus' first miracle. Jesus' first miracle, He turns water into wine, resulting in celebration. All right. Jesus had to prophetically paint a picture of something when He did that. Jesus' first miracle, He produces wine, which ends up in celebration. He's doing something here. Why? Because the man Moses that represented the other covenant, his first miracle is He turned water into blood, which resulted in death. Somebody get that right now? Yeah. 
Moses' first miracle, he turns water into blood. Jesus' first miracle, he turns water into wine, which produces celebration in life. Do you think Jesus is painting a picture when he says, my time has not yet come? He's trying to say the way of Moses is coming to an end. It is a fading glory. That's why the glory faded on the face of Moses. Why? Because that was a glory that was only as good as Moses' ability to live up to it temporarily in a temporary righteousness. So you're with me? Because he couldn't completely learn and that's why they needed the blood of animals to cover them. It was a fading glory. Why? Because it would never ever produce salvation and righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter three says, how much more glorious is not the covenant of the Spirit? I have to wrestle with people over this stuff. Paul fought for the freedom of the church and I find myself in 2023 fighting for the freedom of the church. Why are you doing those things? Who, why? Most of it I have to keep to myself. Because this, Jesus said, there's so much I have to tell you, but you can't bear them right now. Paul said, I travail that Christ might be formed in you. He, the word travail is something that he carried a weighty burden on him. In other words, there was an inner holy frustration. A holy frustration on the inside of him. He travailed. Why? Because he just wanted them to have one thing. If only they can see the real new creation man that I have made them. If only I travail that Christ be formed in you, that your mind, your will, the soul, the mind, the will of the emotions can begin to identify with what He has made you and created you in the Spirit. You see, your soul has not been made the new creation. Your Spirit has and your soul is lining up with the reality of that that's taken place. Paul said, I travail that you can see what He's made you. That was His burden for the church. And I call that the apostolic burden. I'm not walking and running around like I'm an apostle. I just said this earlier. I know that there are apostolic attributes on my life that, 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 that are markers for the apostolic as God is bringing me more and more into the fruit of that. I don't care about the title. Get out of this business of calling yourself apostle title, prophet this, evangelist so-and-so, prophet this. I mean, grand chief apostle. Stop it. First lady, first man, first president. The only title that you need to have is to be called a child of God. Your identity is not found in your title. Your identity is found in being called a son of God. Yeah. 
Your function will erupt. In other words, the fruit of who you really are will erupt from your life. You don't have to wear a title big enough to, I mean, like you wear a, 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 it's like a banner on the side of the interstate. No, I promise you, if you opened up a business right now and you made um, cards with titles on it, you put a few LED lights, because technology, we're now there. Technology is able, you can put some LED lights on it, it can flash, you've got different ways of flashing it. Your titles on the inside, we can just insert a little smoke machine with a little bit of bass inside. And then you walk into the room and everybody's looking at this flashy thing and they can see your title on their shirt. And now we know apostle, grand chief apostle, pastor to pastors, father to the fathers, queen of the South has just walked into the room. Glory to God. And let me go ahead and be bold and come back for you. Let me go ahead. If you have to do that so that people can see you, it's evidence that you are not. And we're all for honour in this house. But honour is easy to operate in when you don't have all of that riffraff. We don't demand honour, we receive honour. Not because we're trying to, we can't pull it out of you. I can coerce you. And by the way, I don't want you to have to honour me and learn how to behave around me because you were told. No, no, no. Either you are receiving from the anointing or you are not. And if you are receiving, honour flows. So that's the kind of army that we're building here. That's the kind of new wineskin that we're building here. And that, or, that, 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 that anointing, <laughs> you've got to be a carrier of that anointing. You've got to actually, that anointing's got to be on your life. Otherwise, you're going to have to depend on all kinds of gifts out there to build your ministry. We don't build our ministry on guest speakers here. We don't bring out the big names so that we can build a church. We've, I've got access to just about anybody you can think of. I've never used that access. Why? Because my hour has not yet come. It's not the timing for that. So we use every, we, we, we grab onto the coattails of somebody else's ministry to build our own thing. It doesn't work like that. Rather just say it's their ministry and let them receive all the tithes and the offerings. Don't steal from their anointing. Oh, whoa. Somebody, did you just say that? Rather just sit down, let them appoint you as a leader, let them pay you a salary, but don't go taking other people's tithes and offerings when you're not carrying it, you're building something off of somebody else's anointing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, because you know, this is it. We don't wanna talk about this stuff because why? We've taught to be politically correct in the church and it's nonsense. The political, politically correct spirit has come right into the church. You can't offend anybody. We're a non-offendable culture. 
How are we ever going to grow without being offended? I'm talking about the right kind of offence. Jesus said, God says He chastises those whom He loves. That doesn't mean He's giving you a big old whooping shackalacking. That just means that He corrects you like a child in the right direction. But we can't even be reared and raised up like a child because we cannot take authority. Amen? Amen. <laughs> All right, I'm almost done, yeah, I promise. How many of you are okay with this? Amen. Listen, I'm stepping into who I am. This is just take it or leave it. I'm saying let's march, let's march as an army. And it's not that I don't want to mix with other people. You understand that? I don't mind mixing with people. I'll sit at the table, but you're never going to tone me down. You're not going to shut my mouth up. Because I, here's where my bold, I'm, I'm bold like that because I want, I don't, I, if there's something, I, number one, I hate religion. I, <laughs> I hate religion because of what it, how much bondage it puts people into. So you will not, I will not shut my mouth. So because I know you preach a certain thing that I don't believe in that's keeping people in shackles. I'm not going to meetings where we come together. Let's come kumbaya, sing, hold hands together as leaders for the region. Hallelujah, unity, unity, unity. It's false unity. It's not real. Wake up church. It's all people coming together. It's like, it is the mafia. It's what it is. It's mafia. It's mafia in the church. It's the godfathers of the city holding and controlling everything. You sit in those meetings. You stay in your corner. I'll stay in mine. Don't mess with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You, you, you don't believe me. I've been around. I'm not interested in the mafia. I'm interested in, in the purpose of God. And I don't care if I lose people for it. I really, I, I, I mean it with all of my heart. Listen, I believe in what I'm preaching with every fibre of my being. And I know that if we will stay the course, we are literally becoming a movement that is shaking the city for the power of God. And if you look at the room right now, let me go ahead and tell you about the power of a seed. The seed is able to reproduce. It might not look like a whole lot right now, now, but oh, by the Spirit, when I look into the future, oh, hallelujah, I see an army, an army, a multitude that is going to be birthed, the fruit of men and women of God that are going to be birthed in the fire of God, that are going to shake this nation for His glory, that are not going to be politically correct, that are going to say it how it is for the sake of people being free.
We're not here to be everybody else. Lafayette didn't need another church. Opelousas, Morgan City, come on, New Iberia, all these areas, Eunice, all of these places, Alexandria, they didn't need another, we don't need another, what America, America does not need another church, it needs an army. what the end time move of God looks like. One man cannot get the job done. But it'll take men and women who will uncompromisingly preach the fire into people to help them get off their blessed assurance so that they become releasers and carriers of the kingdom. And that means Jesus' ministry is being fulfilled because He said in the book of Romans that He would be the firstborn among many brethren, that we would be conformed into the image of His Son, predestined to be conformed. Before the foundation of the world, He chose you, He anointed you. You've just got to catch to wake up to what's really on the inside of you. But as we become the first bread, that's the saints of God becoming the hands and feet that you become so fired up by the truth of the Gospel that it brings you back to your first love. Come on, this is what it's all about. That it takes you back to your first love with Him. It puts a fire just like you remember the fire that you have when you first served Him. And it gets you to go right back on fire for Him uncompromisingly. That is what is gonna shake the city. Hallelujah. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm super stirred up right now. Thank you for one clap over there. I came here for that clap especially. I love you too. Let me tell you right now, y'all don't know, but she came in here and God has been doing a work and He's still busy doing a work and He's gonna take you from glory to glory and the Word of the Lord is for you when you walk through the door has not changed. God has not changed His mind. He never will. And you just need to participate in that beautiful race that He's put before you and you're gonna go from glory to glory, glory to glory, glory to glory. And the more you run that race, I mean, it's just like the more people are not even gonna recognise you. What you, what you're gonna, where you were already going, people are saying, what's changed about you? God says, continue to run. You're doing well. Continue. Don't worry. Get up. Run, run, run and see what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. 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 That's why I don't mind saying things. If you're, if what is church membership anyway? Like you're a member of the church you belong. What club do you belong to? Or you're like some part of some club? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 300. But we're a part of the family of God. It's a family. It's not a membership. 
We're family. We're brothers and sisters. We belong to a family. And this is the voice of this family. This is our DNA. This is what we speak. We help keep people free around these parts. And it might be served to you a little bit different than what you're used to, but that's okay. It's okay. Stop putting God in a box. Hallelujah. That's it. And when we do the television thing, guess what? We're not going to like button ourselves up all nicely and start getting, hey man, we're going to be professional now. Hallelujah, hey man. Today I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Open up your Bibles, amen. And the Lord said unto me, no, come on, we're not going to do that. We've got to take the power of God. Because guess what? I mean, the more everybody refrains from letting the Holy Spirit move, and the more that everybody refrains from, from the power of God and, 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 and the supernatural and, 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 and preaching just like how it is, the more people refrain, I'm telling you, the more I will be like a bulldog and go after it. Because it's like a bunch of politicians that don't listen to anybody They just do whatever they want. They do whatever. They'll say whatever you want them to say in order for you to vote them in. But once they're in power, they never listen to anybody. So we will will be a voice that listen, that know what the people of God need. Come on. I'm telling you right now, I'm a politician for the Kingdom of God and I approve of this message. That's what we're going to do. I'm telling you, furthermore, let me just say this. (laughs) The ballot boxes are right in the back of you. (laughs) Where we've already shoved about a thousand votes in there already. Shh, don't tell him. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It was rigged. (laughs) I'm just messing with you. All right, just please let me have a sense of humour here. All right. But, but, you know, I just want to go ahead and say this. America is not in the balance of one man. Let me tell you right now, America is in the hands of Jesus, who is the head of the church. And the only answer to America is not one man. The answer for America is the church becoming the church. That's it. Remember, He went and sat at the right hand of the Father and left us with this thing called the church. Whether you like it or not. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, I don't go to church, you know, because, you know, it's just so systematic. And yeah, you're right. There is a lot of garbage out there. That's why we're here. So if you're not happy where you're going, then come here. No, I mean, like, like really. I'll just say it how it is. Don't put me in that basket, please. 
And stop being so independent. Get submitted somewhere. Don't stop being, you're beautiful. You are so beautiful. But have you ever noticed a tree that keeps on moving and jumping like a jack-in-the-box everywhere? If you look at a tree and you keep on mis- planting it, planting it and putting it in a little bit of soil, it's, it's, it's a beautiful tree, but it's called a bonsai. So you're beautiful, but you look like a bonsai. You're, you're a beautiful bonsai tree. God doesn't want you to be a bonsai. He wants you to be connected. He wants you to put you into some good soil so that your, your roots can grow down deep and you can flourish in the house of the Lord. He wants to make you a mighty oak tree. Come on. So, we'll go kick some devil butt together. Come on, we'll go kick the, we're not, and that's the beautiful part. You know, the, the reason why we're building this way, and sorry, I'm just gonna finish with this, I promise. The reason we're building church this way, Lord have mercy, help me, Jesus. The reason we're building this way is because we need the people that are radical. We're filtering out the people that are not radical and we're keeping the ones that are radical. You know, the, the truth, and no, I don't want to get into my message for Saturday. We're building this way so that we're, we, we, we're bringing the people that are subscribing. I want to subscribe to this. Glory to God. I love what I'm hearing. I know. Yes. Yes. His spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. And, and, and this is part I wanted to say. Can we move on in maturity, please? Can we move on? Can we become more mature? What am I talking about? Well, I don't have to go to church because Jesus, you know, uh, we are the church. No, stop being a hippie. Well, I don't have to do, and, I, and here's what I'm going to, I'm going to come and I'm going to shake your hand because I agree with you. You don't have to do, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do any of those things. Why? Because God doesn't love you more or less because of them. But at which point are you going to flip the script and stop making it about what you can get away with? When are you gonna turn that around and respond with maturity to it? Make yourself. God didn't call you as an island to yourself to be on your own. He called you to be a part of a family to connect so that He can use you. So when are you gonna flip the script and stop being immature? Because yes, you are right in the truth that you have, but you have a half a truth and you're camping there. The other half is that God has got a purpose and a responsibility that He needs your life and it's not gonna be fulfilled by you being on your own. So when are you gonna say, Lord, with all this love that you've given me and I, and I can do all of these things and you still love me, at which point is the light gonna come on in your head that it's now your time to respond in maturity by the giving of your life? 
we don't like, oh, please, let's move right along. Pastor, can you preach about something else? All right, next week, we'll start a series on the kind of wood Noah's Ark was made out of. We'll start a series on that. She said she's not coming. (laughs) That's the right answer. Amen? Amen. So, so come on. We want to be a healthy church. And in order to be a healthy church, we've got to hear all of this. Somebody said to me, you know, apostles, uh, people that are apostolic can have a little bit of an abrasiveness to them. And I said, yes, you're right. I said, that abrasiveness comes out in the pulpit from me. That abrasiveness, and it's not like, it's, but I am abrasive in love. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. The truth and love. The truth and love. I'm, I assure you, I am motivated by the love of Jesus. And I want to go after those religious devils behind there. You know, I want to break the shackles of all of those things that are holding you bound. How many of you... How many of you uh, recall when you first said yes to Jesus? I know the date, 30th of June, 1996. I surrendered my life to the Lord to the hour I know it. He came and transformed me. Do you know what stood out for me in that place? Is that I knew I needed Him and I knew that there was nothing that I could offer Him that could do anything for me. I knew I was naked. I came with nothing. I was a lost goose without Him. That I knew that if I was, I would spend eternity without Him, that I needed saving and I was completely surrendered to Him. I understood that and I surrendered to Him and He came into my life and He transformed me. The Second that he came in, I mean the very second that he came in, and 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 I embraced him, and he came into my. That very moment was the very moment that I knew I was called into the ministry. Amen. And the very second before that, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. But if I think about those moments, I was so enamoured by His goodness to me and how much He saved me and how He saved me, that all I was doing without realising was responding to His love for me in my service to Him. Are you with me? And the problem with the church is that we've left our first love. We've left that place of our first love. We've forgotten what that was like. Why? Because religion... You were taken out of Egypt, brought into the kingdom of God's dear son and religion tried to put you, take you back to Egypt again. And slowly but surely, they sat the life out of you. Why? Because you attended a conference. You attended a conference that told you you have to fast for 40 days for heaven to do anything for your life. I'm not against fasting. Just listen to me. Then the week later, you went to another conference and they said, if you don't pray and put the armour on every single day and every single night and do that for 30 minutes each day and you're hungry, you're in your first love, you want to do everything right. So you want to, I mean, you're going for gold. I mean, you're fasting, you're praying 30 minutes in the morning to put your armour on. And then in the evening, you're praying another 30 minutes to put your armour on. And then you go to another conference. 
And they tell you, no, you've got to actually pray for four hours and do the rest of that. So now you start tacking all the stuff on. All of a sudden, you know, you're in your first love and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is becoming a little bit difficult. And all the joy of your salvation is being sapped out of you because you're trying to do the right thing and you don't feel spiritual because everybody else is doing it and you're not. And you're comparing yourself to everybody else, playing the game of comparison and religion has got you right where you need to be and it's sucked the life of you. And you were never like that. God was still flowing through you when you were in your first love. You loved Him. He was doing all kinds of wonderful things and now all the energy is being sucked out of you. My job is to to take all of those burdens off of you to point you to Jesus to get back to your first love. to take those shackles of religion off of you. And for the person that taught you to put on your armour for 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes every evening, I just want to ask him and sit down uh, how he does it. Like, I want to, actually, I want to go and visit him at night before he goes to bed. (laughs) Because he's praying for his armour again 30 minutes in the evening, but where did it go that he has to put it back on? (laughs) Come on. So I'm not, you understand, we get so caught up into this stuff. In the meantime, we have got no clue because the word has not been rightly divided to us. Then when Paul was speaking about the armour of God, it had nothing to do with the breastplate of righteousness and the sword. Paul was actually painting a picture to the people he was preaching to in a way that they would understand. He was describing a Roman soldier, which was a person or people that they would see every single day of their lives. So when he said the sword of the Spirit is like, their sword is like the sword of the Spirit. Their shield is like the shield of faith. He was trying to get them to compute what the anointing was like and how it operated in the life of a believer. Really, the armour of God is the cloak of the anointing that is on you. And the, and the anointing doesn't, you know, you go to bed at night and you say, Lord, I'm going to sleep now. Because you obviously you're praying, you wake up in the morning to put it on, right? So God says, I've got you while you're awake, but I don't got you while you're sleeping. While you're sleeping, you're on your own. No, that anointing, and it's okay if it helps you in your mind to understand, just like Paul painted a picture of that Roman soldier. It's okay, I thank you, Lord, for the shield of faith. And you picture yourself with the shield of faith. Just remember, it's a description of the glory and the anointing that God has put on your life. And it never comes off. If you want to pray that over yourself, pray because you want to stir up your faith to connect with what's already there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, and that's all she said, folks.
Hallelujah. Well, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to receive an offering. Oh, you guys do that too here. I'm never coming back to this place. Yeah, we're going to receive an offering. Let's go ahead if we can. Hand the envelopes out. You can give. You don't have to give. Just sow as the Lord leads you. There's no, we don't do this with manipulation or anything like that. Just so as the Lord leads you. We're going to be receiving offerings at all of our meetings. You've been to this. You've been to churches out there. We receive love offerings. Amen. We're going to be receiving offerings all weekend. So pace yourself. If you are giving, you know, you, maybe you want to give one offering for these six meetings. Nobody's judging you. You know, nobody's like looking. We don't have cameras on here. Watching what you're giving. Maybe you want to. Maybe you want to save your gift for Sunday. Or we're going to be receiving give, love offerings. Of course, the tithe, the tithing part of that goes to the church. But then all the other offerings are going to our guest speakers. Amen. If you are writing out checks, you can make them out to Destiny Revival Ministries or DRM. There's the offering basket to my right, your left. If you want to just keep your envelope on you, you know you're going to be attending. Maybe you didn't bring anything with you. How many of you realise that, by the way, when I'm talking about the offering side of things, this is also holy. We get to connect with the Word. Amen. All we're doing is like going to a restaurant and you're eating a meal. How many of you ever been to a restaurant when the waiter brought you the bill? You said, how dare you bring me a bill? What kind of restaurant is this? You'll pay for, you'll pay, you paid for that, right? It's the same thing. You're respond, except nobody's, here we're not telling you what to give. We're just asking you in, as a response to what you're hearing so accordingly to that. And I'll ask Him what He would have you do. And that's it. That's it. Free, you're free. You're free to give and you're free not to give. Amen. If you are ready, then you can go ahead at any point in time now. We want to dismiss you in love. Just throw the offering envelope in the offering basket. And uh, tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., we're starting all over again. How many have been blessed tonight? Come on. I want you to understand, this is the way these meetings are going. This is not, every meeting is going to be different. All right. I know, I can tell them already, Pastor Cameron's already, I know we're going to culminate on Sunday night. And um, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to let you do whatever the Lord's told you to do. We'll do that. And then we're also going to do in tradition, not religious tradition, in tradition with when, uh, 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 what was it, Dr. Leon Van Royen. How many of you were here when Dr. Leon came? The last bit of the service, we laid hands on everything that moves. All right, so in keeping with that, once he's operated the way God wants him to operate, we're gonna open up the floor and we're gonna lay hands on everything that moves. So if you've got breath in your body, we'll pray for you. All right, we're gonna lay hands on everybody. We might just throw some oil around. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. 
but it's going to be a Holy Ghost night. I'm mean, not that these are not. This is just different. Every night's going to be different. Tomorrow night, we're going to have a phenomenal time. 6.30, be here. Saturday, 10.30. I'm speaking on 300 specifically. And then uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. All right, that's it.